still dealing with increase of God and decrease of you. This would be the final chapter of this lesson, whether we finish it or not. Amen. I think we are, if I'm not mistaken, are we to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? First Corinthians chapter nine, verses twenty-four. Are we there? First Corinthians nine, verse twenty-four. Let's begin reading the 24th verse, please. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. So this race is not a race of the flesh. This race here is a race of salvation. This race here depicts on how you run it. And when you run in this race, you got to run it by faith. Because the matter of the fact is, when you run in this race, you will encounter all kinds of stumbling blocks, trials that you have to go through running this race. So you have to prepare yourself to run all. And when it says run all, that means run to the finish. Because if you don't finish this race, there is no prize to be received. Amen. So he said, so run that you may obtain. You, when it says you, it means you personally. Each individual has the job or requirement to run this race to the end. And in the process of running this race to the end, you will discover that there is some things that you have to drop off to lighten the load. If you don't lighten the load, you're going to get winded. Y'all know how it is when you get winning. You won't finish the race. So, 25th verse says, And every man that strives for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we and in... Now... The verification here is that he comparing it with what folks do when they're running a natural race in order to obtain a corruptible crown. But here he's saying, but not we. When he said not we, we talking about the church. 
but not we. We run to, 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 to get an incorruptible crown. To get an incorruptible crown is one that is not seen. Come on, somebody. That is placed on you as a metal or a crown on your head. But this incorruptible crown is one that is placed on the inside of you to the saving of your soul. 26 verse says, And I therefore so run, not as uncertain. Oh, not as uncertain. So you got to run it what? By faith. You got to run this race believing. Do you not know if you don't run this race believing you will not go all the way to the end? You will quit in the middle of the race. You will fall out of the race. You will start telling yourself what's the use. Come on somebody. So don't run as uncertainty. You need a purpose. Your purpose for running the race is to be saved. Your purpose for running the race is to go to glory. If you're not running the race for those purposes, you're in the wrong race. And when you're in the wrong race, they call, they call it disqualification. Say, so fight. Uh-uh. Now you use the word fight. So that means that you're going to have to go through something and you're going to have to go through the battle to get where you're going. Why did he say fight? Because the enemy is going to come against you with every tooth and nail that he can pull out of his toolbox. Come on, somebody. And he's going to try to nail you to the floor so that you don't get up to run the race. So fight, not as one that beateth the air, 27 verse says, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast. Don't you know you done told somebody <coughs> they need to know the Lord? You done told them all about the church. You done told them all about salvation. And then you're going to turn around and they're going to see that you done came back to where they at. They're going to wonder what happened. They're going to wonder how did you fall out of the race if it was so important at that time. So therefore you got to go through this race not as one beating the air. You know, shadow boxing. You can't go through here shadow boxing. You got to hit the enemy. Come. You got to hit him in your life. You got to try to hit him with a knockout blow. So you got to fight. What's the main thing we got to fight is yourself. And, and, and that's, the, that's the biggest problem that most saints have is fighting themselves. Come on, somebody. Because your, yourself don't want to believe by faith. Yourself want to believe by sight. Come on, somebody. 
So you got to put a whooping on your own self in order for you to stay in the race. Come on, somebody. Somebody running the race, you know, somebody running the marathon, don't you know that they talk to themselves? Why are they running? You, they, you know they tell themselves you can't stop now? Don't you know that they tell you got another mile to go? Come on now. The one is up in front of you. He, can't you see he getting winded? So you're going to have to push a little bit harder. You be talking to yourself through the race. Come on now. You got to talk yourself through this one too. You got to tell yourself, God said I can make it. Come on, somebody. God said he on my side. He said that I belong to him, so I got to stay in the race. Amen. Can't wind up putting your trust in another. You got to trust in the one God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Beginning at verse 1. Let's read please. I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the clouds and in the sea and did eat the and did all drink the same spiritual drink and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So you got to have you some spiritual food. In order for you, for in order for God to increase in you and you decrease in yourself, you got to get some spiritual nourishment. You got to have you some spiritual food coming from that spiritual rock and that spiritual rock is Jesus Christ. If you're putting your, if you putting any confidence in yourself, you're putting it in the wrong place. Come on, somebody. Fifth verse says, But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. And then look at this thing. God took a whole nation of millions out of the land of Egypt, passed them through the Red Sea. They were baptized under Moses in the Red Sea. They came up on the other side, but the scripture said, God was not well pleased in them and overthrow them in the overthrow them in the wilderness mean he killed them. Come on, somebody. Because God was not well pleased. Your aim and my aim is and must be at all times is to please God. If you can't get it in your psyche to please God, like I said in the verse in, in, in chapter nine, you in the wrong race. Come on, somebody. The race that we're running is going up. Now, if your race is running from east to west, you in the wrong race. Come on, somebody. 
Sixth verse says, Now these things were our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lust. Now, God has told you now, I had this printed for your ammunition. For an example, that you and I don't follow the same example that they did. Because you know what that means? If he killed them, he'll kill us too. Huh? Come on now. God has no respect to person. But a person show better respect God. Huh? Seventh verse says, Neither be you as were some of them, as it is written, the people sit down to eat and drink and rose up the plate. They sit down, they blessed their food, they ate in the wilderness, and then they rose, when it said rose up the plate, they started doing whatever they wanted to do. And you can get a picture of that. Come on, somebody. Eight verse says, Neither let us fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 300, 300, huh? Three and 20,000. Three and 20,000 people died in one day. And, and, and we crying about a thousand dying now. Huh? But it was three and twenty thousand died in one day. Do that sound like a God that's playing? Mm. Do that sound like a God that's gonna allow you or me to change his mind? You better change your mind. Come on, somebody. Uh, ninth verse says, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of the serpent. Did you notice that now we're talking about what took place in the Old Testament, right? But look what it said. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of the serpent. The same results that happened in the wilderness would happen with us this day for tempting Christ. Snakes coming in the camp, biting them. Venomous serpents coming in the camp and biting them. Dying like flies. So that means to tell me that that three and 20,000 that fell in one day is different from these here that got bit by the serpent. So the, the, guess what? The death rate continued to go up. Why? Because people didn't want to decrease and let God increase. Oh, here's another one. Verse 10. Neither murmur you as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. 
Oh! Huh? Where it come across? I ain't got to do that. No, you don't have to do it if it came from the book of Larry Bean. No, you ain't got to do nothing. But if it comes from the book of God, you better think twice about it. Come on, somebody. You better think twice about how you throw back the word of God. Because guess what? There come a day that you're going to need it. And the very thing you needed, you threw it back. Good God Almighty. The very thing that you was going to need it to make it through, you threw it back in there. That's why the Bible tells to keep the word of God hid in your heart that you don't sin against him. You need to store it up. You ain't got nothing that you need to throw back. Hero is letting the monitoring is dangerous in the kingdom of God. It is very dangerous in the kingdom of God. That stuff belongs out there. It don't belong in the church. It didn't belong in the, you do know that the church was in the wilderness. It didn't belong in the church in the wilderness and God killed folks behind it and he's still doing the same thing. Just in a different form. Come on somebody. Verse 11 said, Now all these things happen unto them for an example, and they are written for our who? No, go back and read that. They are written for our what? Ammunition. This is your ammunition for you to use to keep them falling in the same trap they did so that you can stay in the race. Uh oh. Uh oh. Guess we're going to start telling God, God, help me to put a zip on my lip. Written for our ammunition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wow. If we don't use this ammunition that God has given us, how are we going to fare when the end of the world comes? What's going to be our status? What's going to be our report with God? We need to think about that. Because, see, it ain't about right now. It's about when the end comes. You remember the race that they were running? They had to run the race to the end. Huh? So it's about the end results. How are we going to fare with God in our end results? 
12th verse says, Wherefore let him that think that he stand take heed lest you got to take heed to yourself. You got to take heed to your ways. Let him that think he's standing got it all together. Huh? Got everything in order with God. Take heed. Take a close look. Look, look, at, look at the examples and the ammunition that would left us and see how you fare in the ammunition that God left us. Always go back to the examples that God left us so that you can stack them up against yourself. See, the problem comes is the ammunition that God left us, we never want to stack it up against us. We always want to stack it up against somebody else. Hello, somebody. But he said for you, he said, let him, that's you, me, that's every individual, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Wow. So you can't put over, you can't get overconfidence in you. Come on now. You can't get overconfident because you've been in the church for 40, 50 years. It don't take but one day to go to hell. Come on now. There's a pass of scripture that will fit us at any given time when we fall out of the race. He said, don't be like Abner. Died like a fool died. Abner was in the safe yard. Come on now. He left safety because of what somebody had their head wrapped up and told him that God said and God hadn't said a word and went right out there and got killed. Hmm. Better watch them smooth talkers. Talk you right out of salvation. Come on, somebody. They can say how tough the word is over here. It ain't the it, it ain't the preacher being tough, it's the word of God is tough. And the word of God is tough because people got to learn how to eat meat. If you don't learn how to eat meat, you always get your feelings hurt. And you'll do just like Abner. You'll run out there and die like a fool die. Amen. Go to Hebrew chapter 3. Verse starting at verse 6.
We're going to go to verse, we're going to start at verse 4. Hmm. Boy, it's rough, ain't it? Excuse me, I apologize, verse 3. Let's start reading before I go up in the higher. For this man, inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house, for every house is built by some man, but he that built all things. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that the builder of the house has more honor than the house? Y'all do know he referenced to Jesus Christ. He's the builder of the house. Come on, somebody. It's his kingdom. So you got to start acting like you in his kingdom. Amen. For he that builded all things is God. We ain't build nothing. Come on now. We didn't even build ourselves. Oh, y'all. Come on now. If it hadn't been for God building you, you wouldn't be here. Amen. Verse 5 says, And Moses barely was faithful in all his house as a, as a who? He was faithful as a servant. Come on now. Watch where you put yourself. If you're going to be anything, be a servant. For a testimony of those things which were to be spoke. Wow. Wow. Y'all get that one? He was a faithful servant in his house and had the testimony that spoke about how it should be afterward. Wow. So God don't look at us no different than the testimony that Moses had. Come on now. But we want to offer God less. Mm. But he left you a testimony of what God wants. <laughs> and that's for us to be a faithful servant. Huh? Not our own boss, but a faithful servant. Come on now. Thank you, my What was that? Verse what? Verse 6, let's read it. But Christ as a son over whose house? Oh, so since it's his own house, then we must watch how we conduct ourselves in another man's house. Come on now. Ain't nobody coming to your house acting rudely to you and stay in there. You either show him the door, call the popo, a car pull up X 238. Come on now, the road might have a 22, but you know. But that's how it go when you in another man's house. 
You either walk out or they carry you out. Come on now. So it, uh, it gives us more ammunition as to how we ought to act in the house of God. Did that, did that make it clear? Whose house are we? Oh, now it got down to the point that you are the house of God and you ought to act or you ought to watch how you conduct yourself in the house of God and that's you. Ooh. Got tight there, didn't it? Huh? Guess what he did? He left from the building and went personally to you. Huh? Come on now. Because you know what? When you accept him, you are the house that he built. So you ain't your own house no more. Use your own house when you was out there. Now you done become another man's house. Did we get that? He said, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until we to the where? In the middle. All the way to the end, huh? Then you become the house of God. All the way to the end. We can't drop out the race in the middle. Yeah, things going to come up in our life, but we still got to run the race. It's the enemy's job. To try to get you to stop running. <laughs> we in Hebrews chapter 3. 7 verse says. Wherefore as the Holy Ghost said. Today, if you hear his, wait a minute. Now, Jesus Christ has gone back to glory. Now, you got to pay close attention to what the Holy Ghost is saying. Huh? Because he said when he left that he was going to send back another comforter. Ah, he was going to send back another spokesman in his place. So when you talk to the Holy Ghost, that's just as good as talking to Jesus Christ. And guess what? Let's flip that thing. If you rejecting the Holy Ghost, that is good as rejecting Jesus Christ. Today, present time, if you hear, will hear his voice. Eighth verse said, harden not your... You've got to watch your heart. you got to watch how you get wrapped up in your feelings. Because if you don't, the devil going to play with it. Harden 
not your heart. When you start hardening your heart, you start rejecting. When you start rejecting the word of God, the bad, you know what? This devil is so smooth. He get us to reject the very thing that came to save us. He reject, he get us to reject the very thing that's going to keep us. If you're going to be kept, it's going to be by the word of God. Come on, somebody. And it's going to be under the instructions of the Holy Ghost. Let that soak in. Harden not your heart. As in the provocation in the day of temptation. So guess what? Temptation is coming. Don't think because you got in church, temptation stopped. No, that's when it cranked up. Come on, somebody. The same thing they went through in the wilderness church, you going through it in the new church. But he's warned them. He warned us by hardening the heart because that's what they did in the wilderness. They hardened their heart. They hardened their heart against the word of God which was sent by God to the man of God that led them through the wilderness and they kept rejecting and they kept rejecting and they kept rejecting. They kept increasing instead of letting God increase and they all died, died, died in the wilderness. Except two out of millions. So don't think. Don't think God is going to change his approach about salvation because he's not. There's coming a time he's going to wipe out the whole world. And when he wipe it out, he ain't going to shed a tear. He crying for you now. Hear the cry of God now. Because when that time comes, you're going to be wiped away all his tears. It's, it's, it's going to be action after that. Come on now. We can kind of see that going on now. Come on now. It's time for us to open our eyes. So we can see. Ninth verse says. When your fathers tempted me. Proved me. Saw my work. Look how long God been working in your life. Huh? And if you've been in church for over a length of time. God has proved himself to you. Over and over and over again. Come on now. 10th verse says, Where I was grieved with that generation and said, 
They do always err in their heart, and they have not known. Wow, good God Almighty. God said, they, I'm grieved with that generation. Why? Because they have always erred in their hearts. You never would give God your whole heart. Hmm. That's something we all think about. Man. God, if you don't do nothing else, save me. Save me if you don't do another thing from this point forward. Save me. That's got to be our ultimate goal is to be saved. Amen. He said they erred in their hearts. And look what he said. And they have not known my ways. Not our ways, Jay. We got to know his ways. We ought to make a declaration as of now is to learn as many of God's ways as we can. Come on now. And if you honestly tell him to teach you, he will. But you cannot err in your heart or you stop the teacher. Hmm. Anytime you stop the Holy Ghost, you're in trouble. Verse 11 says, So I swore in his what? In his wrath. I mean, he got a little angry, don't you think, Rob? Huh? If he get just a little angry, that's enough for us. If he get a whole lot of anger, the whole world is in trouble. They shall not enter into my rest. You ain't going to enter into God's kingdom. You ain't going to enter into God's glory. You will not make it.